Hi there, my dear friends and followers of Reasons Not to Die. Thank you so much for your support through this podcast. I started this show called Reasons Not to Die after coming through a particularly low point in my life when I really needed to find reasons not to die. In breaking news, there are more of those than I can count, as opposed to the reasons in the opposite way, of which there are none. Happily, that point in my life is a long way in the past, and the podcast has evolved and come a long way since then. A major part of that is accepting who I am. The happiness paradox is one of the most important things that I've learnt. It was first written about by Epicurus, I think, who's an ancient Greek philosopher, but it's been revisited by researchers and philosophers through the years, most recently Mark Manson in The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Essentially, it says that the more you try to be happy, the less happy you will be. And this rings true for me. The more you try to live a self-centered life aimed at your own happiness, the less happy you will actually become. What I've learned is that happiness is a byproduct of a life well-lived, a life lived in pursuit of doing what's right, not what is the best thing to make you happy. After working at public broadcasters for a decade, I'd become so good at self-censoring that I'd completely lost who I am and why I wanted to become a journalist and a broadcaster in the first place. It was always to tell the truth, to speak truth to power, and above all, to educate, inform, and to entertain. Unfortunately, the corporate news industry, and I include Australia's public broadcasters in that, does nothing of the sort. It's become driven by ideology to the point that it refuses to report on facts that don't fit an ideologically driven narrative. But it's gone further than just politics now. Through the recent pandemic, this industry drove unnecessary fear and hysteria, refusing to acknowledge clear facts because they interfered with the narrative that they were encouraged to push. I'm not going into the reasons why that was pushed at this stage. That's a story for another day. While some outlets have acknowledged that they got it so, so very wrong, the large majority have not and continue to live in the make-believe world, doubling down on things that they surely by now must know are incorrect. We see the same thing happening right now with climate hysteria. It's possible to believe that the climate is being affected by human activity without supporting authoritarian movements that would see half the population starve while drastically reducing the quality of life for the rest of us. Except, of course, the very few elites who are pulling the strings. The elites who own the industrial complexes that make billions and billions of dollars from the fear and the loathing that they caused and continue to cause. But those are completely different stories from the one that I'm trying to tell you here. Reasons Not to Die is going to be mothballed for the time being. And if you've made it this far without rage quitting this episode, I'd like to invite you to follow my new podcast, The World's End with Sam Eichen. It's an engaging take on investigative journalism that challenges the establishment's narrative with an overall goal of finding solutions, how we as individual people can thrive in this world where our freedoms are constantly being taken away. And the latest episode is going to start right here when I finish this rant. You can find it on the audio podcast platform that you're listening to right now. We are also up as a video podcast on Rumble, YouTube, Telegram, Instagram, and I always post first on X, formerly Twitter. There are links to everything in the episode description. So please, I'm inviting you to come on this journey with me. 
On the other hand, if you've ever tried to insult someone by calling them a cooker, you still wear a mask, or if you're vegan to reduce your climate change footprint, this is probably not for you. But if you care about humanity, truth, and decency, and you'd like to follow someone who's trying to do the right thing, please come and join us. If we don't start to fight back right now, it'll be too late before you know it. Now, here's the latest episode of The World's End with Sam Eichen, free Julian Assange, with analysis from New South Wales Upper House MP and Libertarian John Ruddock. One of the world's most consequential journalists could be released this week after almost a decade of being locked up. Oh, this is World's End. I'm Sam Eichen. Uh, subscribe, like, details at the end. Julian Assange is an Australian journalist. He's also the founder of WikiLeaks and a prolific wearer of leather jackets. In 2010, WikiLeaks published this haul of classified documents. There were heaps of them, like thousands and thousands and thousands of documents about US operations in Iraq and Afghanistan wars. And it turns out the US didn't like it very much. One of them was a now famous video of an airstrike that killed Iraqi journalists and a bunch of innocent people. You can also see kids in that video. How they weren't killed or seriously injured, I don't know. They probably were, um, but I'm not going into all those details right now. Uh, I'm only showing this still image because the full video is not rated PG and everybody knows that the world's end is all round family entertainment. The documents that he released were, at the time, the most detailed history of any war that was ever compiled. It exposed huge amounts of lies, cover-ups and corruption, um, and they were mostly all these lies and, and cover-ups were made to keep us, that is, the public, on side so they could keep going to war because, apparently, war makes some people very, very rich. The leaks embarrassed a lot of global elites. Not that many of them need help with that, but it made them more embarrassed. Then Bradley, now Chelsea Manning, was jailed for seven years over that particular document dump. And for the next 13 years, Julian Assange has been unable to live a free life. Now, when his leaks hurt the clown president, George W. Bush... The vestigial media praised him. He won awards. He was on the covers of magazines. They had beautiful big pictures of him looking like a model uh, that they touched up with airbrushes and things like that. But when it started to embarrass Obama and Hillary Clinton, they went after him relentlessly. And of course, anyone who says something that Hillary doesn't like, let's roll this tape. I mean, he's a tool of Russian intelligence. And if he's such a... There you know, it is. Martyr of free speech. Why doesn't WikiLeaks ever publish anything coming out of Russia? Isn't he just doing what journalists do, which is publish information when they get it? I don't think so. I think for number one, it's stolen information. Uh, and number two, if all you did was publish it, that would be one thing. But there was a concerted operation uh, between uh, WikiLeaks and Russia and most likely people in the United States to, as I say, weaponize that information. Again, with the Russia collusion. It's like it's the only joke that she knows. Uh, and also, incidentally, in that video, there was, there was two people. It wasn't Hillary Clinton interviewing Hillary. There was a separate person. You might not have noticed. Don't worry. So Assange reportedly tweeted that uh, she's simply not a credible person, which was a sick burn. 
He also had bogus sexual assault charges levelled at him, which was standing operating procedure for anyone who threatens the establishment. So he holed up in the Ecuadorian embassy for five years until that all went wrong and he was unceremoniously dragged out in this video that everyone in the world saw. Uh, this is from Britain's establishment media. Um, and here we can see Assange just being picked up and dragged out of the embassy, being thrown in the back of a police car. And that's the end of it. All right, now it gets a little bit shaky. How about go away? Shh. It's almost like he was saying, arrested for having a meal, a succulent Chinese meal. Uh, for the past five years, however, he's been held in a dirty British prison where he's been treated appallingly. Um, and I'm not sure that there is such thing as a clean British prison. Uh, I'll have to take your advice on that. He faces 17 espionage charges and a maximum of 175 years in prison if he's convicted in the US. Obviously, the US is pulling out all stops to extradite him. After years of doing nothing, Australia's parliament has supported a motion calling for Assange to be released and returned to Australia. Now, on the eve of the appeal of his extradition to the British High Court, Australia's government said some words. They were good words, but still, they only said some words. But here's the best bit. Australia's Liberal Party opposed it. All of them, except for the member for Bass, Bridget Archer. Tasmanian connection. It was also... Uh, moved the motion was also moved by a tasmanian um independent although it seems like a green that is uh, andrew wilkie member for clark i spoke to john ruddock he's the new south wales libertarian mp about this and about a whole bunch of other stuff um but and the full video of that will be out in the next day or so but here's what he said about our pissant government's motion uh worst case is that julian is guilty of the crimes i've accused him of i don't believe he is even if that's true, Sam, he's served his bloody time in a horrific conditions. Okay, now he's a—he's uh, arguably, you know, the, the the greatest living human being, and he was exposing the military-industrial complex. He was, you know, and and you know, you know, there's you go to his Wikipedia page. There's there's a there's a there's a section on all the journalistic awards he won. So when he was like exposing you know, George W. Bush, he won every every prize you could possibly imagine, a lot in Australia. But then when when he exposed Hillary Clinton and and her yep. financial corruption and other forms of corruption, well then the left just turned on her. So it means he's not a political person; he just wants to expose corruption. I wish Julian Assange could have been free and, Same. And, and, uh, during COVID. That's what I really would have liked. That's when he would have been very very valuable. But they've locked him up. It's out of malice. Now we've got we've had Morrison and, and Albo, these 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 unimpressive people with very very average intellects, going over to Washington. Now Albo's marched in every anti-war protest there was up until the last few years because he's now part of the military-industrial complex. The Americans are being un, unusually friendly to Australia. Okay, they I think they see Australia as their big massive aircraft carrier. From which, from which they're going to confront China. I want peace, world peace. I want free trade agreements. I want foreign investment in each other. I want diplomatic goodwill. The military-industrial complex needs war. Now, now, these prime ministers, Morrison and Albo, 
absolutely could have said to the various presidents, look, happy to have a chat, happy to cooperate. We're not doing a thing till you release Julian Assange. And he would have been out by morning tea the next day. They've got the leverage. Julian Assange is not that important to the American presidents. And, you know, you know, you know we had David Hicks, the terrorist, who was over there with uh, Osama, yeah. and the Americans got him, and he's in Guantanamo Bay, and the lefties ran this massive campaign, free David Hicks. You know, he's, he's just like Nelson Mandela. He's a great man, okay? And um, Howard rang up uh, Cheney uh, when he was the vice president and said, look, Mr. Vice President, look, can you just release this guy? Uh, he's an Australian. Yes, he's done some bad things, but uh, I'm getting a ton of political blowback here. And Cheney said, yes, Mr. Prime Minister, happy to help. He can be out next week. They could do that with Assange, okay, but they haven't chosen to do it, okay? And if he gets extradited to the US, he's in jail for, you know, 160 years. So yeah, uh, it's an absolute, I just hope he doesn't die. I hope the guy can get out and, and I hope he can, you know, have a flourishing journalistic career. So that's an excerpt of a long-form video that I did with John Ruddick where we talked about his plan to de-workify the councils and what he thinks globalists are really up to and a whole bunch of other stuff, which was really cool. I loved it. It was a great conversation. Um, so make sure you don't miss that. But my concern about this is not just as a human being who doesn't think innocent people should be treated like this. Uh, and because he hasn't been convicted yet, we have to assume he's innocent, right? But I also don't like this because as a former low to mid-level journalist in the corporate media... I'm super concerned about this. It means anyone who receives earth-shattering leaks is going to think twice before reporting on them. It also puts this new mis dis malinformation push that's going on, not just here in Australia, but around the world. In fact, the entire WEF conference in Davos was almost exclusively about how to combat mis- and disinformation. Uh, it does put all of that bullshit in context. The rest of that interview will be out in the next couple of days, so please make sure you're following. Subscribe wherever you prefer to get your non-mainstream news. I always put it out first on X uh, and then Rumble, YouTube, all of the podcast, audio podcast platforms, and sometimes even Instagram. All of the links and everything are in the description or in my profile or wherever it is that links are on this platform that you're watching this. Uh, if we don't fight back now... We're not going to have a chance to later. I'm Sam Eichen. And this quote from Bruce Lee, I love it. If you love life, don't waste time. Time is what life is made up of. <laughs>